0: Salutations, everybody! <laughs> we are back with another episode of Bald and Bingeable. My name is D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you on an auditory journey of all things pop culture that we can't help but consume. The stuff we are insatiable for, the things we find truly bingeable. Okay, this week we are binging on porn. Okay, not like we're not going to literally spend the next hour looking at porn. But I did get a chance to connect with Jeremy Lucido from Starfucker Magazine. Okay, we didn't connect like that for an hour. This is an OnlyFans. But we do talk a little bit about Jeremy's OnlyFans as search spilled poppers. Okay, anyways, it was a great time talking to this longtime friend about his business and some random... Talk about his dick, about showing your hole at a nightclub. I mean, you know, just the standard fodder. (laughs) We don't get too blue. But please, as you can tell, this interview is not safe for work or kids. So keep that in mind when listening. Also, we touch on Save Precinct, an effort to save precinct downtown Los Angeles that Jeremy has been involved with. Right now, it's super important that we as LGBTQ plus people and our allies support our safe spaces. They are really in jeopardy being closed for good. And if you can donate or support your local haunts, do it. Make sure that you check out the show notes or go right to www.saveprecinct.com. Thanks so much. Okay. Enough with this general housekeeping. It's time to
1: enjoy the show.
0: Hi, Jeremy. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. It is. It's so good to see you. Like, this... The, this whole like podcast has become like an excuse just to talk to old friends, like that <laughs> I've been able to see forever. And so you were probably actually one of the like the last people that I saw in LA actually before everything shut down last year. Oh really? But, yeah, because I want to say it was like Barracuda, like in like January or like February.
1: February, totally,
0: yeah. Yeah. And so and then the March one, I got too scared to drive up to LA because like the world was gonna explode.
1: <laughs> I don't even know if the March one happened it did it, it still did, did happen it yeah did cause I, last I, I.
0: Yeah, it was like the very last thing that they did at barracuda because i know that there's like relics of it like the uh the hats and the gold uh-huh. coins and everything <laughs> from like you know dusty's decorations oh my god so okay let's just talk about that real quickly before i jump into to yeah. you because one of the other reasons why i wanted to kind of have you on here was that was at precinct And so we're right now in this effort to save our gay spaces and everything that's been kind of going on lately in the world, and one of them being precinct. And I have a feeling that you have a lot to do with, like, merch and that kind of a thing. Can you tell me a little bit about it?
1: Um, Yeah, like, probably every bar and club in L.A. and everywhere is having problems. And I've been helping with the precinct with their Save Precinct fundraiser to GoFundMe. But part of it was to help raise money. You're, you know, I was helping sell their merch and designing some T-shirts and just some some other fun ways to raise money where people get a little something, you know. Mm-hmm. What is your history with Precinct? Like, um, well, I was friends with Brian and Thor, the owners. Um, we actually threw parties together at Faultline before. Okay. They opened Precinct, and then. They wanted to open their own bar, and I was like, yes, go downtown, go downtown, because I live downtown. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, it was like your
0: neighborhood hangout, because it
1: was like, downtown. It was two blocks away from me, so I was like, um, so yeah, so, you know, it was my neighborhood bar from the beginning, you know, a lot of people helped, you know, them, you know, install tile and see it grow and build and open. It was like a lot of struggle. That was like five years ago. Mm -hmm. um so um, it's like we'd hate to see it go already with it's it's made such a mark with just the development of downtown bringing you know queer spaces there
0: absolutely it's it's one of those queer spaces too that it, it it just it feels uh very safe and so inclusive and it's one of those kind of places that you would be there for a bear party but then you would have drag queens on the side and it's very much like that because everybody had a place to like kind of conjure and and get together and it was just it's it's one of those great kind of spaces so right now if you guys look for saveprecinct.com you guys can click on that link and there it'll take you guys to a place where you guys can donate it'll also have merchandise i recently bought a safe Pre- precinct t-shirt um the one with the three drag queens up in the oh yeah up in the balcony
1: it's funny that picture i took um i think a week before shutdown.
0: yeah see it's like like bear bus
1: was a sunday um and i did the sunday bear bus there and that was when they shut it down like it was like 8 p.m we're like okay we'll close it down at the time, we thought, you know, oh, a few weeks off, month, you know. It really was like, okay, so you guys, we're just going to
0: put everything together. And then in April, we'll be right yeah, back. Really
1: it's going to be really quick. Uh, and, yeah, it's going on a year and a month, about year. a week.
0: Yeah, and so that's why it's just very important for us to, to save our gay spaces. It's really, a, it's an amazing yeah. space over there. And so that kind of, um, let's change a little bit of gears here. So, Mr. Jeremy. <laughs> Uh, we've known each other for I think like 10 years at least at and least. so Maybe. yeah and so and I think I kind of came to know you via like Twitter I think that was kind of like my, my first exposure to you and then we like met at a party and then it became like Facebook friends and then like yeah. the legend kind of just all kind of goes to, you know puts oh, itself yeah. together and so th- that being a part of this so you're originally from St. Louis is that where it is is? St.
1: Louis, Missouri yeah
0: Okay, and then you traveled to LA as, how old were you when you, get, when you uh, got to LA?
1: I had just turned 21, so I came here to transfer to college.
0: Okay, and so you that went to school. Cool. And then I know there's a place here where, okay, so what did you go to school for exactly?
1: Um, Fine art photography.
0: Okay, which you still do now. Yeah, uh, you? you have your fine art series yeah, and, and those sorts of things <laughs> we're going to get into some of the photography because I have questions here about that. But just knowing that you kind of came to Los Angeles and then there was a point there where was Randy Blue your first studio that you actually worked with? Or how, how did that kind of come to be? Um. Yeah, how did you how
1: did you get how did you get into the adult industry? How did I think it's a porn. Initially, I did. Um, I was doing headshots right out of college. And then I had a porn star hit me up, and he was like, "Hey, I don't know if you ever shot a, you know, porn star before, but I need like promos." Um, So it was like a headshot, but really like, you know, naked, and Mm -hmm. and um, that was uh, his name was Michael Brandon. I don't know.
0: Michael Brandon, that's like a big deal, isn't
1: he? I yeah yeah yeah
0: was he the. Wait, which one's Michael Brandon? Michael Brandon, he's like the really big dick guy, right? Yeah, big dick guy. Yeah. Okay, we're then, a lot of we're, we're a lot of swears on this.
1: <laughs> we, we
0: we pay for the explicit, you know, title mark. So so
1: like, I that was my first experience at all with adult industry, and then he he um said I basically I was pretty chill to f- photograph with, and I didn't hit on him, and I wasn't like creepy. So then he introduced he word of mouth with through all like other photography gigs through that and i did some small work and then eventually uh randy blue someone said um you know they were looking for a video editor and i was like oh i took a video art class once in college so, i love
0: it scrappy you have to like get yourself so, in
1: there and you know, i said yes i do all that that i learned on the fly <laughs>
0: We all do this. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to, because I mean that's that's like the go getter yeah. nature of the of like all of this right now, especially like where the world is now that you can become like a star on an Instagram just because you know if yeah. you try, if you put that work in. And I think that's something that kind of shows is that because when we first met, it just felt like, and that was like like ten years ago or so, right? And like how long had you? When did you start actually with Randy Blue? Because you were still I with-, with Randy
1: Blue uh, in two thousand five. Um, And it kind of snowballed fast because I was their like first employee. Mm -hmm. And so it was just me chopping up videos, promos and stuff. And then it just, you know, eventually he knew I was a photographer. So eventually I became the photographer director. They could just kind of eventually did everything until they had a bunch of employees and that I managed. So you got to do a little of everything in the adult industry.
0: Yeah. So how did that like kind of
1: parlay itself over into so-
0: you get laid off from Randy blue after being there for, for 10 years and you already had kind of a, a name when it came to people were coming to you to take their pictures already. Cause you had Michael Brandon, were you already doing like the fine art series back then? Or like, cause I, I just kind of see here, you know, like, when did you kind of hit mainstream and when did, when did that kind of like the portraits of men? When did that, when did that kind of buzz start happening?
1: Um, I was always doing different like photo jobs mm-hmm. But I don't remember. Soon after I started Randy Blue, I started an adult blog called Starfucker, and that's where my ended up being. But originally, it was just a blog, Um, and I, I, a lot of people saw my work at Randy Blue, and they'd be like, "Oh, I really love your photography." And in my head was like, "Oh, that's not really my photography. (laughs) It's like you know, a factory." formula produce like porn shots. Well, it's like, made for commercial consumption.
0: It's like made yeah. to like appeal to the masses and that it's skinny, you know, not skinny, but like built, hairless, blonde Adonis. It kind of, yeah. it, it still kind of went into that kind of thing, this fresh out of college look. And I think that people who know you and I think that, you know, people who don't know you and if they take the time to like Google who you are, your aesthetic has this LA city organic, kind of a vibe, you know what I mean, which is very not what Randy blue was putting out.
1: Yeah, so like, that's what uh, pushed me to kind of brand my own style and put in my work through my blog and whatnot was to be like, well, yes, I do have a love for adult work and erotic photography and all this stuff. But this would be my style. Don't look at my, you know, commercial work, I guess. Yeah. So that's kind of what pushed it into that direction so where were you hosting
0: that at first where where, where was that blog first hosted the star fucker when did so how did so this is like everything kind of happens all at the same time and the thing is and i think you yeah. being very resourceful is like you had a lot of pokers in the fire you know kind of yeah. like this is happening this is happening so star fucker where did the name come from is it song lyric is it something? <laughs> that you just kind of like
1: i had the domain already So, when I started to do the blog, I think originally, go back before Randy Blue, I had worked um, with, like, male escorts, Uh and I had a little directory, Um, I even did, like, a male escort awards one summer, and just things, and I had an idea to do a male escort directory that was just porn stars, Uh so I bought Starfucker. And never did anything with it, but I had the domain. And then when I had the um I wanted to do the adult blog, I you like, could oh. have been Rent Boy. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, it was been... early early days of Rent Boy. So like I knew we would like kind of like we used to talk and stuff, the elders there and when we could, had could ours. you
0: imagine if they were raiding your apartment and oh my God, no. like to get all your stuff and so it's amazing. So like it, so that idea that started that you basically were going to create a directory and then it spurred on because you, you had the blog, so you've had that starfucker
1: domain for all these years, yeah. I think it was like early 2000s. That's amazing. So, I mean, it was dot net for a while, so I think .net. I <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyways. It became available and you jumped on it, yeah. So, so I
1: should. Did I uh switch it to starfuckermagazine.com when? I turned into a magazine.
0: So when did that happen? Because it was like, because it just kind of, you had a lot of things going on. And so Randy Blue, was that after the relationship with Randy Blue was over? And like... No,
1: I was still working there. Um, 2010, uh-huh. I started because Starfucker was the adult blog and that was like the heyday of like affiliate programs and like affiliate banners and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like overdoing that. And I really wanted to just show my work but I had a following on there, so I just kind of converted it into um, a magazine mm-hmm. online first and then into a print magazine because I just had a love for print, so.
0: Well, it's true, like in an era where like magazines are like dying, yeah. you, you managed to create something and now you're like, how many volumes into it are you?
1: Um, I'm working the 17th now. That's amazing. So
0: wow. still releasing and still kind of chugging yeah, along. lot. 10 years
1: of that, so.
0: And so, Starfucker Magazine kind of incorporates your sensibilities. It's adult, it's adult entertainment in one side. It's beautiful photography. You have artists that you kind of you work with, or that they kind yeah. of supplement, supplement a lot of
1: feature and stuff. Different artists. Yeah.
0: So this is this kind of comes to you guys for like the whole bingeable part of what Jeremy is. Is that if you guys go to like his Starfucker Magazine, and that you'll just sit there and look at one picture after the next, and you're like, I love this photo. Then you look at the next thing, and it's like. It's, it's a whole different kind of a shot then the next one's somebody that you know and you're like oh my god I know him and that's his and that's his dick oh my god like so it just it really is it is the epitome of like bingeable like you know you just kind of go in there and just kind of you know it's chips you can't just have one no why not at all mm-hmm. so like when did that that time happen when you started just kind of like working for yourself because now we know that you work a lot and that you're constantly your mind is churning and that you have all these different ideas that are going
1: in um well i was like at randy blue for 10 years and you know i got in in the the heyday of mid 2000s internet porn Mm -hmm. and then it was like you know no one paid for porn after a while so that's kind of where that went down and the X tubes
0: and all that kind of took, took Mm -hmm. over. So Mm -hmm. that's just kind of, so that's the thing people is that if you guys like your porn content, pay for it, (laughs) pay for it because they need to pay the bills. They need to keep their lights on. So if you're going. Yeah.
1: And you know, they didn't keep up with the trend of that um, and the changing of the industry. So um, I laid off and I looked and, and then I was like, Oh, I'll just work for myself now. You know it's kind of pushed into it something i was wanting to do for years oh i'm gonna quit and just do my own thing for years and i'm like oh well now that's what i'm doing you were forced um, you, your hand, your, your, hand, yeah. your
0: hand was very much forced into like yeah. this whole this is what you're gonna have to start doing now so that's it's it's a it's a little crazy so you had um when did the party start into this in, into that effect because now you have both uh, photography you have the blogs you have Tumblr I, uh, Tumblr at the time
1: <laughs> yeah i was doing a nightlife photography Is how i started uh mm-hmm. at first for a couple companies um and just shooting parties and then that's how i got into nightlife and then one of the other photographers and i decided like well let's just start our own party and so we first started parties at uh, fault line um and we're doing nightlife and that's how i met brian thor who started precinct and it just kind of went from there and then i was like a nightlife promoter too like i will do anything like basically <laughs>
0: <laughs> like people come to you with like do you want to put your name on it and you like hmm. i was like
1: oh can i get paid can i like live yeah i Absolutely. was like the middle of everything whatever works works whatever i enjoy i enjoy so and you
0: on. and you And you live in LA and everything's expensive. So it's like, yes, please hire me. What was your first party? Do you remember? Um, The first one that you could put on and be like, Jeremy Lucido presents.
1: I don't know which came first. I think it was Raunch. And I would just play the raunchiest um, X2 videos Um, and just the weirdest and raunchiest X2 videos. Um, Okay. I remember I danced for that once. Yeah. Fault Line. I brought it up to San Francisco for like Folsom a couple times. times. Um, that part um, was so fun back then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, well, Fault Line's done now. Like, oh, it's, it's like um, current owner. Oh my God. Did you hear the whole drama about the, the Judy Garland <laughs> and all that?
1: Yeah. Craziness. I mean, regardless of legalities or whatever, it's like, Who's your PR person that says good idea? Take pictures and like promote that you're doing this. Or you, you know or have a solution.
0: <laughs> so okay, so people, this we're gonna we're gonna sidetrack because this is D'Angelo's mind and so this is we're gonna <laughs> go Okay, so Fault Line Bar is a bar that's over in LA proper. And so it's um essentially it's been a gay space for a long time it has changed hands it, the most recent owner the most recent owner we'll just say her first name i actually am friends with her on facebook and i have no issues with her personally so i don't know some people have issues and all that sort of thing her name is ruby and so th- that kind of leads into the, where the story is going so <laughs> at faultline um back in the day when judy garland Uh, one of her which ex-husband was it that owned it do you remember so Judy Judy Garland had an ex who owned the fault line property she wrote her name in the wet cement which was kind of kept till this day not till this day but till a few months ago (laughs) and so during pandemic everything is happening people are right now trying to renegotiate their businesses and figure things out and if you are stuck in a lease and if you aren't going to have a prospect of opening back up, you might close up shop and reopen somewhere else. Well, that's kind of what happened here. And then there's also some kind of a word that there's a developer who's going to be coming into that space and that will be renovating everything as this as the fault line leave. So fault line is right now doesn't have a home, but it still exists in a storage unit somewhere. <laughs> in la so like essentially but that's what they say but what happened here was one of the pieces of of history that exists here is this judy garland signature that was behind one of the ice coolers that if you asked a bartender to see it late or early in a shift Mm -hmm. if nobody was there you could see it and it said her name it was great well apparently people went in as this negotiation was going on they moved something and it no longer says Judy. It says Ruby in the floor. Yeah. So they have removed the Judy from <laughs> f- from, from the premises. Judy no longer is in the building. Yeah. So this the thing that they should have maybe done was, okay, so we removed that block. Here's okay. it, here's it in a case. This is, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we're gonna take this to the next fault line and it's gonna exist with fault line and be part of the gay canon history give people a reason but it just it it disappeared and nobody knows where it went but they say it's in storage
1: yes i think like okay if you're going to save it save it you know let it be known, be transparent i think then what first people see of it is like the ruby signature that's the whole thing is it was like it said ruby like how what is that form (laughs) then yeah that to me just was like. You're not going to win with
0: that on Eddie (laughs) argument. No, or you should have said something first so people should You know,
1: You know what I mean? It's kind of like having like
0: a bowl on the counter and you're expecting M&M's and you grab a handful of Skittles. Mm -hmm. Skittles are great, but you were expecting M&M's and that's what they were expecting when they moved that piece of equipment was that it was going to say Judy and not Ruby on the floor. So that's a little history lesson for la nightlife for all of you kids out there but back into the whole fault line of it all so you guys had your party ranch over there which Number was one john so okay do you understand any of this thing too so i'm just gonna sideline again because i have questions about this because well john was fun let's talk about the john posters because it, john was like a distinguished gentleman kind of a, yeah, a feel a feel party to it kind of yeah it was it was wonderful but the whole um now I just lost my little thing because I'm just popping here in my head. Oh, so you guys at Faultline, you, at Ranch, you could show Xtube clips and all the raunchy kind of stuff and everything else. Do you understand where that sits in LA? Like how you can show a jockstrap at one place and you're not allowed to at another? You're not
1: supposed to show it anywhere that sells alcohol.
0: You're not supposed to show any kind of porn?
1: Expirate it, yeah. Why is that? I don't no actually there is some la has some weird you know the most like over the top like puritan kind of laws and i think it's just a, I think in the ideas that you don't want sex with mm-hmm. alcohol because if you're drunk you can't make i don't know but i don't
0: it makes no sense. Adult it, it's
1: stuff. the
0: same. It's the same thing with ladies that they can't do full, fully nude. Yes, if there's alcohol if on premise. Alcohol,
1: yeah. So it's like the strip clubs can't. They have to have pasties if they have alcohol. But, yeah. You know. Shit like that. Like, oh, like it makes no sense to me. But
0: San Diego's worse though, because I know that in some parts of LA, like I know that like Silver Lake, you're allowed to have a jock strap on and you can do that whole sort of a thing. And I think downtown is also zoned in that sort of a way. Like how like the county line sits or whatever it is, like the like the, the little
1: but the t- jock strap is so you don't show your booty hole. But you have to like put a strap on. Like you have yeah. to like, like, like you like have a thong or or they make you put the the bandana. Oh really? So you don't show your booty hole because <laughs> that you really wear a jockstrap, but you always have to stand upright. That's I think the thing is your asshole is the bad part.
0: They don't want to. Nobody wants to see your asshole, but people do. That's how you make tips. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, as far as I think that's I don't know what parts of L.A. or if it's just a bar that's just less strict or not. We uh,
0: like San Diego is even more strict than you guys are. You know, I know that we get a lot of like Mormon money here, so the thing is, so it's very very kibosh. Like girls aren't allowed to show under boob. Like like a like a dancing girl like, be- you can't show under boob. So if she has like on a a midriff shirt like a like a half shirt that sort of a thing, she right. yeah you you're not really supposed to do that. Um the whole, the whole jock strap thing is very, very like an issue here. And you can't even just put the things, you can't even make it like a little T-strap. You actually have to like put on a bandana or put a little piece of cloth oh, there, like, like a little stripe, a little tail, so to speak. Yeah. It is insane, unless it's like a private event and then you can do this. It's just, it's so ridiculous how these laws kind of hit and then they do send like vice forces into these places. It's just crazy. Are you always working? Are you always posting something always writing something
1: yeah (laughs) it's
0: like chugging a (laughs) lot you're like the martha stewart of porn whereas like the magazine sells the you know so sells the the website the website sells the social media the social media goes back up to the magazine you know what i mean that goes into people going to your social events your zooms and that sort of thing So everything kind of just kind of goes into one to the next. So when like one leg of that kind of just kind of got hit, like when Tumblr had the whole foster SESTA issue and everybody did the mass migration out of Tumblr onto Twitter, it seems because Twitter yeah. is where porn lives. You guys like you really you can find out what somebody said, or you can see a whole.
1: Tumblr sucks because, yeah, that that whole bill and Tumblr basically Tumblr said no more adult. That mm-hmm. one sucked because that was like my whole marketing plan. It was I had like eight tumblers, a few that were just uh non-related to me at all. It was mm-hmm. just sex tumblers that are just reblog and then a few that I did adult related, and then just my personal. So I build up, you know, you know, sex cells, dude mm-hmm. sells. So I had like the tumbler, um, my spill popper's tumbler, which was basically just a bunch of cock shots mm-hmm. you know to build an audience but then i would like sneak in like my promos for like you know a, book a photo shoot or sell them magazine so like i would you have to <laughs> so, like my german the cedo tumblr which is just my photography my very professional one that doesn't have anywhere near as much followers as like a sex tumblr
0: mm-hmm. so i
1: had to build these sex tumblers up just to like pull in and re-block some of my own You know shit and that was like it worked because you know i would have multiple things i'm selling selling the magazine retweeted on my like dick tumblr and same with the photo shoots sell retweet you know and so when that hit i was like fuck that like any of my insights on my website a lot of my sales all came from tumblr Uh uh-huh so yeah i went to twitter which i've always been on but then it was like okay i'm gonna have to have a slutty twitter
0: have, so. you seen it, have you seen it come back or are you still kind of in the yeah, dumps? I, can, like,
1: uh, I mean, you just had to like, that was great. just like an abrupt kind of, okay, rethink your whole like marketing strategy. So yeah, I just wish it to, you know, spill poppers, put it on Twitter and kind of did the same thing and built that up pretty fast. and And then it was just like dicks on Twitter now.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. It's (laughs) like, it's just, it's so funny because now everybody's just cultivating themselves over there. I think Tumblr really did hurt adult industry. I think it hurt, it, it hurt a lot of kink. It hurt a lot of fetish people. And the thing is, is people are doing it and people like it was a place that if you wanted to look for, you know, Puerto Rican hairy 250 pound men who eat ice cream. You could have found a Tumblr somewhere that, that was that. exactly, and it was just like, there's D'Angelo eating ice cream. But, like, <laughs>
1: but, but like, like, the thing with Tumblr is like, in the beginning, they hurt the adult industry that I worked at before at the studios totally because you would get all the free porn on Tumblr. And that, you know, was just like the tube sites and whatnot. Everybody was doing that and just getting all the free shit on Tumblr. And then, you know, that hurt my job there. Then when I have started doing my own stuff, I'm using Tumblr to promote my stuff. And they did it again where I'm like, oh, now you don't want to do it.
0: Yeah. So now you have to, like, re re-figure everything yeah. else out. And so, and then that kind of goes into, like, the whole, like, I just want to know when it comes to, like, only fans so that that's something that is now has has been in the ether i think it's been like two years now how long have you been
1: i think i've been on the studio so it might have been three two or three three
0: yeah so that was a whole different thing and i think that also hurt the studios but what it did was it gave power to people yeah
1: i thought i think it's all been positive at first the studios to me rejected a little bit but now even they're using it to Mm -hmm. their benefit so You know, all the studios that have existed for a while are all the ones that, like, can grow and change with the, you know, the Mm -hmm. industry, as if, you know, technology and whatnot changes.
0: Um, Who's still around that that you think is still, like, kind of, who do you, in your opinion, feel is doing it well um, that, that you notice?
1: I mean, I don't know like all of my <laughs> business but no i do think the ones that are just the ones that have been there from you know 2000 until now are doing something right because so yeah. many aren't aren't around um you know there's so many things that change in this industry. like most of them are in vegas now versus how they used to all be in san francisco and you know, there's so many. And it's because roadblocks. of California laws. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so there's So many, like, they keep putting all these roadblocks and obstacles for adult industry thinking like in California did that. It's like, no, they're not going to stop. They're just going to move out of California. Like, and,
0: you know? they're taking like, the revenue stream out. They're taking yeah. out because people are being paid, you know, above the board. They're getting taxes taken out, all that sort of thing. And you're working with the studio yeah. and they lost that revenue. Which is just I remember when
1: LA foot. had that big thing, they put the law against barebacking. Yeah. And and I was already blue, and we were doing like OSHA trading to be mm-hmm. on a bareback. It was like insane. <laughs> and what we ended up doing was shoes in Orange County. So,
0: <laughs> so it just you get around the loophole.
1: Yeah. It was like none of this stuff means anything. You just make it harder.
0: Yeah. It makes it harder and more expensive
1: yeah because so you they're can no longer're just... not they're not going to like change their industry and everybody wear condoms now because you have a law they're just gonna mm-hmm. do it in a different city and i think that goes for like
0: within a will there's a way and it's yeah. just so same. with
1: it all this there's always just people just fucking it up but we just have to like roll with it so there's always this history of changing and like adapting and it just the ones that are still here i think are the ones that are doing it right they've had a deal with
0: a lot yeah And but it just it's it is kind of amazing now though because it's just everything is in the hands of the performer so like if you want to be and if you don't you don't have to sign to a studio you don't have to get out there and yeah. be part part of the industry as a whole you can just be your own individual and so I think it it did do something powerful for that so
1: yeah no I think all the um fan sites stuff is I've been very well for everybody, I think, especially for models and independent content makers. Um, I started it originally to do behind the scenes of my magazine and like, kind of like, and I did some like where I'm in it, you know, here and there, but, but with only fans and stuff, what really connects to the followers is a personal connection. So anything with me, obviously, um, they wanted to see more of just my stuff because they had i was the one behind the keyboard anyway
0: well they became a fan of you and your cute face
1: oh maybe that's it and, so yeah then i just you, was like
0: oh I, and, and your other bigger parts and so like <laughs> <laughs> they became a fan of that too so, like, <laughs> yeah so <laughs> when did like when did that happen when when was the moment where you decided that you were going to step out from behind the camera mr demille like when did that
1: Well, I think um, it kind of happened gradually. Like I was doing behind the scenes and I was kind of in one or two. And I always had throwing dick shots out everywhere for Mm -hmm. years, So I was never like shy about that. But video is a little different. See, I put my butt out there. I I don't put my dick out there very much. Mm -hmm. I don't don't, at all, really. Like, it's like... I don't know. Like, I guess I lead with what works. I don't know. (laughs) To me, it's very disconnected to me. I'm like... Maybe it's just also because I'm a photographer. I don't, I could see a photo and not mm-hmm. need it to be that person. I could look at it as a photo. Understand. So like, <laughs> um yeah, just like a dish and like, oh yeah. I throw so, that out it out anyway.
0: So they were just coming out there and then so do you remember what your first scene was that you kind of like put out there for like consumption that makes I mean, my first
1: ones are probably just me getting blown.
0: Mm-hmm. My POV, so? suck my dick videos. What is doing the best on the site? What do people have to go look for? So, if they're going to OnlyFans, what are we looking for? What What is what is on mine? Yeah, what, what has the best best uh, likes and comments? Um, because you should. I'm hoping that you get like a whole <laughs> windfall of listeners. Oh, I do.
1: I, I do it all. So. <laughs> um, yeah, no, just like you know, fucking. <laughs> You're so shy,
0: but you're not shy at all. So
1: when want people see you know when they get everything, when they see it all, and I'm fucking someone. They're like, yeah, that's it.
0: They're like, this is the perfect video. This is the perfect shot. Yeah. So I,
1: I, I love that that
0: it's just it, you have taken this whole thing that you were starting as this photographer right out of school. You get your, you kind of get yourself into a company and then you kind of just do your own you parlay yourself on the you side you
1: know it just snowballs when you're like yeah i'll do that <laughs> well it totally is and
0: the thing is is it also just kind of shows too that like you have to put the work in though because it wasn't like you were coming home and not writing a blog and oh you yeah, know exactly. th- 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 especially
1: th- even if you're doing like a fan site or only fans or just for fans or any of it you have to like work to like promote it and create content so there's still work to do but I kind of always I've had that history of just trying to like promote myself you know photography or the magazine and anything already so if you were going to tell somebody who was like so if a kid is
0: in St. Louis right now or in Cleveland Ohio and they wanted to start putting their own content out there and putting it together do you have any like actual tips of things that you would say that this this would work or this don't do this because you're just not gonna succeed. Like what is where do you stand on that? Like how would I mean would, I think how would you
1: mentor a, a
0: young there is a way to a, an 18 year old and over yeah. <laughs> one? Uh
1: there's a way to whatever your niches or whatever you like. There's a way to make that work. But I think in order is you don't think that you just are sort of throwing, you know a video out there and people are just sort of run to you and mm-hmm. I think um, engagement and talking with people and responding and uh, you know constant content and just you know just showing you um, your own personality and being into one on one with people, just he's responding to messages. So many people are like, "Oh my god, you responded to me!" I'm like that's what people should do. So that's <laughs> so like,
0: so you do respond to like DMs and like just comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and it's just like a personal connection, and that's what you're selling anyway. So really, is just putting in the work and time, and just
0: absolutely it's not
1: just like getting it's, fucked on a camera and throwing it out there
0: yeah no and i think it's funny because it comes i can You're building speak, a brand of some sort yeah and i can speak on that on the side of like being somebody who's like nightlife industry with like a, a personality in the sense that like mm-hmm. i go go dance and everything else that's how we that's how we met and how we kind of got to yeah. get to know each other was that going to clubs is that you know i was somebody who was taking every single job that i was working you know uh, i wasn't this adonis dude but the thing was is i knew that i had like i had a face i have a hair i have a lot of hair there's my gimmick
1: let's let's i mean even if you compare it to like go-going it's the same Mm -hmm. thing like i throwing parties and hire go-go's the hottest prettiest one isn't necessarily the one i want to hire again if they're like the ones that like oh don't tag me. I don't have like a social media. That you know, you know those. Ugh. Um They're still in the closet. They can't. They can't. Do and this. they're they're not on uh, any social media to like promote your party for so you. So what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm always like, mm, I'd rather have, you know, the iffy girl. <laughs> that, <laughs> the like, iffy. Am I an iffy like... girl? <laughs> <laughs> not you. <laughs> you know the one that's like the one who's hungry. Girl that's like inviting all his family and his mama and everything to the club that he's dancing at and promoting. Oh, completely.
0: I'm a big, I'm a big person Taking too. That
1: pictures way. at the club posting. Like that to me is part of the party and that's the package. And that's the one I want to hire. And it's nothing to do with like, are they the hottest or are they, you know, mm-hmm. whatever to
0: me it's 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 the personality it's it's the draw it's is this it's also thinking is this person a party is this person somebody yeah, that you would want to you would want to have at the event what's funny too is is that like i say i'm a big fan and i think that you do this in your social media uh in the sense of you can say you can do this in social media if you have an only fans thing you do this as a dancer mm-hmm. is that you work your tips early and in that sense, is that you are going on to Instagram and you are putting a couple photos up of yourself, lead back to that party, never look like a bummer, that, you know, when you're actually at somebody else's event that you're saying hello to people and you're shaking the hand. Yes,
1: those are the ones I always hire. Like, I just want to be back and I'd be right away like, hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's also that that leads to the people who have like that content that's on OnlyFans or on Twitter and that that is actually successful is that they are constantly putting up a picture. They're constantly reminding people that they're there. Not every single one leads back to buy my buy my merch, buy my merch, subscribe, subscribe. You can't do that every single time.
1: Like if they're following you on OnlyFans, they'll be following you on Instagram and Twitter, too. Mm -hmm. And so they get to know you even more more likely they're going to keep following you or OnlyFans and paying for it. So the okay. more they get to know you personally, the more they want to also see you fuck.
0: Well, exactly.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. And plus, people are just curious. They want to know, like, what does that exactly. person
0: look like naked? Like, what does that person look like with, yeah. with, you know, with sweaty? You know, at
1: first on video, I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do that. Because, you know, I, I, I'll i jiggle mm-hmm. on video, like photos your city still so it's not jiggly. so that was one of my big <laughs> video <laughs> that okay i actually
0: told a photographer this last week um I, i'm talking to another photographer and they were like oh we want to do a shoot with you and i was like i'm jiggly right now <laughs> like like <laughs> so it really is it's that that thought this is the bare thought that we think yeah. oh god i'm jiggly right now you guys
1: well like for photos so i always put the shit everywhere. and also that's probably why i don't care about like dick shots i'm like that's everything That. My dick looks nice and trim either way.
0: <laughs> but if your di- but if your dick looks heavy, then that's a good thing. So it's like yeah.
1: So like, but like, even self portraits that I've done for my work that I'm nude and not, I've been fine with. But like, it was the video where I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. like, ooh, I look like that. Like, I don't know what what I'm actually fucking. I don't see myself. What am I doing? Why am I <laughs> holding
0: myself like that? So
1: like, I think once I got past that. But also the good thing about OnlyFans and stuff you're in control of what you're putting out there true you're not shooting for someone else where they're like fuck i look like shit like if you look like shit you're like mm, i just won't use that or mm-hmm. or you know the people for me the comfort was like the only way people are seeing this so the people are paying to see it and want to see it and if they yeah. want to see it they're fine with the jiggle they're gonna so, see it <laughs> i'm like i've you know i like, accepted and i'm fine with like if you're into it here it is so
0: well yeah and i think that's kind of what that's what social media is. You're not gonna
1: accidentally but... run into my fuck video if you're not wanting it. Yeah. So I think that's where the difference of like being on like a porn video DV back in the day.
0: Well, like if yeah, if they follow you. Unless somebody retweets it on, on their on their wall <laughs> and then like because you have you I have logged in before and I'm like just looking at pictures, and all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh my God, that's their hole!" <laughs> like, it's yeah. like right, right after a tweet of Kathy Griffin. You know what I mean? Like, okay. oh, like, like well, that just popped up in there. How? Okay, so I actually um, pushed a lot more, uh, like, because Instagram, you know, they have they're crazy with their content monitors, especially for gay men. And then if you have a little bit of hair, I'm on-
1: getting flagged on photos from 2013. Are you serious? <laughs> like recently? Yeah, like. I was like, what, that was a random, like, ran- it was when I worked at like, a random shirtless model from Randy Blue, 2013, uh-huh. it was, like, just deleted recently. I put up a
0: meme, like, a meme that, like, I think Love Sex in LA or somebody else put up, and the thing is, like, in, like, it was, like, in the cloud thing, it says send nudes, and I got flagged for that for solicitation of, of like, sexual content, and I was, like, it's a funny meme like what are you talking yeah, about and wow. i couldn't go i couldn't go live that day because they were like you you've had a violation today that you can't go live so it's like they they're doing this thing they're they're monitoring us so much so i actually started pushing things over to like a, a twitter so it was like okay so i'm gonna put the more adult stuff on the twitter thing i'm gonna put everything else because i have i don't want to lose my followers
1: yeah and i don't i i worry about that with my instagram because i have a decent amount and i Use it to promote my photography. So I'm trying to be as PG-13 as possible because that would suck.
0: And you're constantly referring
1: back to the other one. Like I'm already blocked from advertising on Facebook and Instagram. I'm blocked from like Ugh. giving them money because my magazine name is Starfucker. Oh, well, see, I. <laughs>
0: I can't believe that. Like they don't want to take your money.
1: No, and then they're like, oh no, and then because my other ones connect us to that. Like it's just it's just, I struggle so much with Well,
0: I with did a whole birth, thing birth. I was being I see, I was feeling like I was being shadow banned and I was like, just reading all these articles about shadow banning and everything else. And it was like, well, if you do feel this way, buy an ad. So I bought an ad recently. Like, and I was just like, let me promote the podcast this way. And I did it too on the day that they were, um, that they flagged the, the the meme that I was retweeting. So I was like, F you, I'm gonna give you money and leave me alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I was like, like am I throwing money at the I mean, palm? it probably works, but I'm not even
1: allowed to do that. You're not. <laughs> You can you do it
0: through Jeremy Lucido? Can you do it through
1: that way? No, because it was like connected to everything on else. Facebook. I was an admin on my Starfucker. Like it was just oh. all of it. My plan is I have to create a whole new company and start over and just.
0: It's not worth it. Just, just for that. It's just a lot. Yeah, it is. It's, like, way too much. Okay, so before I, like, let you go today, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about what we always talk about, TV and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so you told me that you're very into murder docs and mm-hmm. murder shows and all that sort of a thing. And so what is something right now that I need to watch? Like, what a,
1: a Rami, I recently or... watched the Cecil Hotel, dog. And how do we feel? Um... Actually, I liked it a lot because it gave uh, the victim a lot more personality than what other ways she's been talked about. Oh, the, like a person.
0: Ali, uh, Alicia Lamb. Yeah. Famous? Yeah. And so I did so much crazy research about like the Cecil Hotel. I went through an internet like, like a, a spiral after... American Horror Story came out season five when Lady Gaga was the mm-hmm. Countess and everything because it's supposed to basically take place at that hotel and um, all the different things like the the lore that's behind it. So I haven't actually watched the documentary. Do they talk about like the different? Oh yeah, they
1: did the history of all the the seventies and the yeah
0: and the killers who have stayed there in the mm-hmm. past and all that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: insane. I need to watch. Have you seen on Netflix as well?
1: Uh, Evil Genius. No, I always see it always gets ever Okay.
0: I've been telling people, don't sleep on evil genius. And so uh, I've talked about this on my on my other one of my other shows. So I don't I know I haven't talked about it here yet. So evil genius is actually it's that story, I don't remember if you remember in the eighties when there was a man with a bomb strapped to his chest and he exploded. Do you remember this at all? No. Okay. Young in the 80s. I was young in the 80s as well. <laughs> I was only born. I'm born in like 81. But I remember. I just remember it, just like making an impact. Maybe because I shouldn't be watching the news when I was young. But like, but uh. Wow. So what? I don't want to give away too much because the whole the whole series is actually it's a doc. It's a, it's a documentary. I want to say it's a mini. It's a mini series. It's like five or six episodes. And you'll eat through it quickly. But what it is is that so they start with that that this man explodes and he has this thing strapped to him and then they work backwards into like why why who and how and he went into a bank and that's how the cops got were involved is that he went into a bank with a note that said give me your money and or i'll blow this place up the bomb is strapped to me you know and he was all like i can't do anything about it well that happens and then it just it's a whole tale of how they how this man ends up this way oh, and wow. who and, and who was playing this game and it was actually part of a scavenger hunt and like so I'm not going to give away anything else but it's like it's insane it's a documentary that I tell everybody they need to go watch and so yeah it's totally totally into it is um when it comes to like tv shows and like when it comes to scripted series are you watching anything
1: right now um I mean we just finished WandaVision is that scriptures
0: here yeah yeah <laughs> how okay so at this point when we are recording this today the final episode still hasn't come out so this is gonna come
1: oh soon. no i thought i keep forgetting
0: yeah yeah we have one more episode so the thing is but when this comes out on tuesday the, the final episode will be out so i don't know if we want to make any speculation because then we'll both no. be, we'll probably just be wildly um, wrong <laughs> so yeah. Well, here's my question for you. So I'm I'm a comfort television person. There's like certain shows that I can put on year after year and just be like, oh, I can watch this again, or I have like a moment. Is there anything like that that's like your comfort that Jeremy can come home and like, oh, I'm gonna put this on and rewatch?
1: Um, the only show I really watch over and over again is Golden Girls. Oh my god, I love this. It's like, to- like if you need something to be on and you're like half watching, mm-hmm. like where I'm editing or at home actually watching just golden cool, girls. I love that. So do you have a favorite girl? Um I think Dorothy. Because oh. when we did the Golden Palace without her, it didn't work. So I think Dorothy.
0: Oh I haven't even thought about that. That's the one where they had like the gay guy that worked with them in the in the hotel. Yeah the hotel it? yeah. Oh my god now I have to like look for this series on YouTube. So that's gonna be well, a, the, a
1: gay they had a gay uh, chef or housekeeper and the pilot that disappeared. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess they. It wasn't approved. So, I need to yeah, go back. It, episode two.
0: I need to go back and like watch that because I don't remember that part. I just remember they were always very progressive on like a lot of like gay storylines mm-hmm. and things. And then oh, yeah. with with the, Blanche's son with, the, with that whole thing, or was it no, not Blanche's son, Dorothy. Dorothy's son was the one who cross-dressed or was it her brother
1: um dorothy's brother
0: so and that was like always
1: like a running kind of a thing rose you know was the aids episode and blanche's brother is the gay one
0: that's what it is
1: i need to rewatch. i know that it's got <laughs> on. it's on,
0: it's on disney it's going to be on disney plus it's coming to disney plus like this month and so and from what i understand that it's coming with like extra like new merch and new everything oh. Disney's just taking those properties. Yeah, they're going to ring those properties out. When I went to Comic-Con, the last year it was around, 2019, Mm -hmm. in the ABC section, they had a whole thing of, like, Golden Girls. And there were people who were just clamoring it over it. And then there was, like, a bunch of, like, Gen Z. (laughs) Like these kids, like Gen Z kids are like, oh my God, my mom showed me this last night. It's amazing. Like they were just like (laughs) all about Golden Girls. I was like, it's speaking to the masses still to this day. So I love that. I think that people who like Golden Girls are like just good people. Like that's my general like thing. Like if somebody says they don't like Golden Girls, like what is wrong with you? That's like saying I don't like puppies. (laughs) Like (laughs) You don't have to like full grown dogs, but if you don't like puppies, then you have an issue. So Okay, Mr. Jeremy, I really appreciate you joining me today. We have been like here for a, a good hour and like, I am so happy to have you on here and I do want to have you back. We need to do a panel show with like a bunch of like friends just so I can talk to friends. We need- to yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So where can they find you? Let people know where they can find you and get your- um,
1: I mean, the easiest thing is uh, I'm at Jeremy Lacido on pretty much every platform.
0: And then from there, you guys can find Starfucker and Spill Yeah, Poppers. Starfucker
1: mag. With, it, Starfucker with two R's. And you guys will
0: find his dick pics. And they're great. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. They're great. They're delicious. They're tasty. They're, del- they're delectable. So, but make sure you guys find him on his social media Jeremy lucida That's J E R. Oh my god, I can't even speak. J E R E M Y L U C I D O. You guys can find me at Dangelo Gogo on Instagram, D A N G I L O, or you guys can find me on TikTok at Dangelo. Thank you guys so much. It's been another episode of The Bald and Bingeable. Make sure that you guys like and subscribe and give us five stars, please, because we need them and they're free. Love you guys. Good night from the lower level.
1: Good night from the lower level.